Today, I am starting a new series. I'm starting a new series on modern sexuality. And it's just looking at the reason why we're doing it is because there's a big, big message in our culture and there's a clash with the church. And then it's like, I'm in the culture and I'm in the church. And how do we, how do we talk through these things? But it's not just a, a cultural thing that we're trying to, to reach and speak into, but it's a, about people. And we love people. We're, we're about people. We're about people experiencing Jesus. We're about people being set free to know him and to love him and to love God. And so we, we thought we need to be looking at what scripture says and really delving into it. And so we've spent the last like, number of months just really praying hard into what we have to speak about, what we have to bring. We, we've been meditating on scripture. We've been meeting people who are, uh, um, have different views to us and, uh, and having conversation and just so that we can, in humility, approach this subject. And I know that there'll be people who are in the church who approach this, this subject with anxiety and it, and it fills you with a... Uh, oh, I don't want to go into that, or even a fear, or even this kind of like, oh, I, I don't e even know, but let me encourage you. This is a, a conversation that we're having, and we want to approach it with great humility. We want to love people well, and there may be people who, as we speak of the next five weeks, triggers are arised in them, and actually we want this to be a conversation with you. So actually, if you're triggered by something, we would love to talk with you, we'd love to meet with you, we'd love to pray with you, we'd like to, to read scripture with you. That, the aim is that we love people really well in the kingdom of God. This isn't just about a big cultural message, this is about people. Today I'm going to be speaking on singleness, which is the kind of foundation point for where we are. We all start single at some point in our lives. We all come out of our parents and maybe twins, no, twins, singles. But you know, we live in a, a time where there's more single people than ever before. There's more people who are, are single. The, the stats would say 50% of the population of the UK is single. The, um, the real stats or the, no, the real stats say 50%, but then there's other surveys because don't, they don't necessarily include people who are cohabitating or, or in a long-term relationships. And so it, it, it talks about 35% roughly of the population are actually single, single. We live in a time where there is more single people out there, more single people in this world today. And we want to know actually, what does the scripture say about singleness? As I said, we've been having conversations with people. Each week we're going to have video testimonies of people. We've got three people who I've spoken to and, and got them to share something about their singleness. It's nine minutes long, so listen to what they're saying. These are people living in it and how they're living it. So, Ken, can I have the video? Hi, my name's Becca, and a little bit about me is since I was 15 years old, um, I've been in two very significant... Hi, my name's Becca and a little bit about me is since I was 15 years old, um, I've been in two very significant relationships in my life. Um, one was very long term and the other was very short term. Um, and I came out of the last relationship um, actually having a revelation that I've never uh, been a single person who has been in relationship with God, that I've always 
been in and out of relationships um, and that actually my identity was a little bit lost because I've not been a single person in a relationship with God. Um, so in 2020, I had said to God that I was going to spend a year um, being single and spending that year just deepening my relationship with him, um, that I wasn't going to entertain any relationships, I wasn't going to pursue any relationships, but I was only going to pursue God in that time. And halfway through that year, um, I actually realised that I wasn't properly doing what I said I was going to do. Not that I was um, doing any things I wasn't going to do, but actually um, I wasn't pursuing God with everything. I wasn't putting him first. I wasn't fixing my eyes on him in the way that I should. Um, and so in the last year, um, I've actually recommitted to do another year of singleness. Um, and it has been a really difficult journey for me um, because I'm at the age where everyone is getting in relationships, getting married or getting engaged and all these things. Um, and I've actually felt quite lonely um, in these past two years, um, but an, a loneliness that I can't really explain. And it's quite actually deep and, and dark, really, because um, I've only ever really been in relationships and I've only ever really known myself in relationship with someone else. Um, and so actually not having that um, in those times where I feel lonely has been quite difficult for me. Um, and I've actually learned so much more of who God is and his character of that in those times where I feel so alone and so um, kind of hopeless really. Um, I know I can call on God and out of those moments are coming these amazing um, intimate connections with God that I never have had before um, because I never turned to him in that same way. Um, and that has been a real blessing for me um, in the past two years knowing that actually I can turn to God um, in those moments. Um, but what a great, a really great thing has been for me um, being single is um, actually uh, I am someone who dreams and has um, a lot of dreams for actually what God is going to do in my life and um, and I have a real understanding of what he's going to do in my life. Um, and as as a single person, I know that all of these dreams and these hopes that I have are things that can actually be fulfilled in the now. Um, and I know that if I was in a relationship, um, it would be really difficult for me to pursue these dreams, to pursue these um, kind of goals that God has sent me um, when I'm with someone else, because then you actually have to just check in on that other person. Like, does my dream align with yours? Can we do both or can we only do one of them? Um, and that has been a really amazing thing for me in respect to what I feel like God is putting on my heart at the minute. Um, and I've learned so much about myself. I've learned so much about God. Um, and I just want to share quickly um, a verse that actually God shared with me three years ago um, in Joshua 1.5. And it says, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Um, and that is God with us. That is Emmanuel. Um, and he is with us in our difficult moments. My name is Bruno. Um, just a little bit about me, about uh, my singleness. Um, after my divorce, I uh, was married a long time, and then after my divorce, I've been um, in a relationship with someone, but it doesn't last long, and um, it ended very quickly. And now after that, um, I've been single for a long, long time. And um, what can I say is being single is sometimes you feel free and um, 
and you you say like enjoying your your freedom but it's not that that simple and um, sometimes you say uh, yeah it's good to be single it's nice and um, you enjoy it but on the, the on the other end the hardest thing is when you go shopping around and to a restaurant and you are alone you you want to share this moment with someone and uh, same thing when you you reach home after work you want to share your day with someone and you finally find yourself alone and um, sometimes it's very hard and the thing is we, we sometimes I think like Jesus said in in um, in Matthew Matthew chapter 28 verse 20 I am with you always so I am with you always means for me that he loves me and will be always with me so I'm not alone and uh, being single for me it's not I'm not really alone because I have Jesus with me Hi guys my name's Sam a little bit about myself um, since I was young, I was always in and out of relationships. Um, above all, I probably only had two very serious relationships where um, I really gave it all, but uh, didn't work out. And a few years ago, um, I sort of came out of a last relationship, and I sort of lost my identity, sort of lost who I was. I didn't know who I was, and I needed to find myself. And I really just chose to go deep into God, really deepen my relationship and my identity in Christ and chose to really just go for it with God and not worry about the dating or marriage or anything like that. And I was asked the question, am I happy being single at the moment? And I've got to be honest, I answer that as yes and no. Uh, no, because I do desire to one day be a dad, a husband, uh, have a family of my own. But on the flip side, yeah, I am enjoying singleness because I have freedom, I have no responsibilities, which allows me to focus on myself more and my relationship with God, which is something that I put off for years, um, but I've been doing now for quite a while. And in my singleness, it's allowing me to really be all that God wants me to be, really know God as Father in my life and allow Him to shape me and to be a man of God that's ready to uh, have a family, to have a wife and kids. And uh, I believe that... The presence of God, the Word of God uh, in your life is important in singleness and even cultivating, working hard to bring the best out of everything that God gives you now in singleness is important because if we're not doing it in singleness, then how are we expected to do it when we get a wife and kids and have responsibilities in our life? It's in these times when we're single that it counts because this is where really God shapes us and, and makes us into all that he wants us to become and we really find our, our identity in that. But above all, uh, for myself in life, it's all about having a deep and meaningful relationship with God first um, that is full of life, that is full of fun uh, and that's in my singleness and that's even in marriage. But I was asked a question uh, many times but very recently is singleness uh, a calling on my life? And I'll be honest, I, I, I don't believe it is. I believe I am called to have a family of my own one day. Um, but at the same time, if it's in God's will, 
then God's will be done. I think anyone who lives a uh, singleness as their calling is absolutely incredible. Uh, to live a life of celibacy is such an anointing and a blessing. I hear so many people doing amazing things in that life. And um, I do believe that God wants me to have a family and God wants me to um, be a husband. And I believe that that's a des and I do know that that's a desire that I want. Um, but at the same time, if it was something that uh, God wanted for me, um, God's will comes first in my life and I'd accept it and crack on. Um, and I would enjoy it and live it to the fullest. And I think that one thing I've learned in singleness is that it is a struggle to be single. But I think li I think singleness should be a fun and exciting thing. Um, it shouldn't be something that is feared or shouldn't be something that um, makes us feel lonely or, or sad. Because even though, yeah, it can be lonely, but it can also be fun because God is with us, even in singleness and in marriage. So, yeah, praise God. Should we give them a clap? It's so good to learn from people who are walking the journey. And to, as I say, we've had lots of conversations. These were just some videos, but we've had deeper conversations with these people about what life is like. I have to share that I've been married since I was 21. I've been with Zoe since I was 17. So my experience of singleness is, uh, is, is small, if anything, up to the age of 17. Um, so I do rely on what scripture says and what other people's testimonies are in what I'm teaching today. But I take comfort in the fact that Paul, when he wrote, spoke into marriage and he was never married. So let's, let's do this together. Um, so I'm going to speak from 1 Corinthians 7. Um, one thing that is often said about sexuality is Jesus never spoke into it. Uh, Jesus did speak into it, Matthew 19, and it's a chapter, Matthew 19, 1 to 12. He's actually talking into divorce, uh, being challenged. And the first thing that he says when, when the, the Pharisees come to speak to him about divorce and say, what, what's happening here? What about this? His response is, you don't know the answer to this because you don't know your scriptures. Jesus didn't speak softly. He didn't speak kindly in that sense. He, he just says, actually, you need to know the scripture in order to know what the truth is. But I'm going to speak from 1 Corinthians 7. But I would encourage you to, to open Matthew 19. Read it. Meditate on it. Think about it. Think about what Jesus is speaking into. And I'm sure it'll be kind of a foundational block for what we're talking about here. Um, but 1 Corinthians 7, and I, I've just picked out, Jesus, Paul is talking about, uh, he's been sent a letter and the letter has been a question. And the question has said this, um, let me read it, 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 7, verse 1. Regarding your question you asked in your letter, is it good to abstain from sexual relations? And he says, yes, it is. So he's speaking into marriage and he's answering that question, but he's speaking into marriage and relationships. And this is what he says. And I've just picked out some verses which relate to singleness. So 1 Corinthians 7. Now, as a concession, not a command, I say this. I wish that all were as I myself am. Paul was single, not married, but each has his own gift from God. One of one kind and one of another. To the unmarried and the widows, I say that it is good for them to remain single as I am. 
But if, I, if they cannot exercise self-control, they should marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. Only let each person, so jump down to 17. Only let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him and to which God has called him. This is my rule in all churches. Jump down to verse 32. I want you to be free from anxieties. The unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to please the Lord. But the married man is anxious about the worldly things, how to please his wife, and his interests are divided. The unmarried or betrothed woman is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to be holy in body and spirit. But the married woman is anxious about worldly things, how to please her husband. I say this for your own benefit, not to lay any restraint upon you, but to promote good order and to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. So then, he who marries has, has his betrothed does well. Oh, I've jumped to 38. <laughs> if you're trying to follow in scripture, I'm, I'm jumping verses. So then, he who marries his betrothed does well, but he who refrains from marriage will do even better. So that's 1 Corinthians 7, and I've just plucked out some verses. I would encourage you again to go back and uh, read the full picture. But it begins with this. Paul is saying, and on the next slide, being single is a good gift from God. It's a gift that God gives to people. Singleness isn't something to be feared, as Sam said, but it's a gift that God gives to us. I think the traditional view of looking at this gift is that uh, I get given this gift of celibacy, I get given this gift of not marriage, and it's a permanent thing, and I have to be permanently in that state of unmarriage. But I would like to say that I think there's a better way of reading it. I think if you are single currently, you have the gift of singleness. I believe it's a gift that God gives to you. It's an empowerment that he gives to you to live in the season that you're in. Many people that I'm speaking to in, in singleness, they, they either get lost in this disappointment from the past or this lack of hope fulfilled in the future. Whereas actually what I think Paul is teaching here is live in the moment, live in the now, live in who God has made you to be. Live in that moment. And if in that moment you are single, then God has given you the gift and the ability to be single. He has given you the strength to overcome temptation. He's given you the strength to live in the place where you expect God to do things in your life. He's given you a different way of walking at this season. I think we need to look at this as a seasonal thing. I think Paul would teach that actually you have the gift of marriage or you have the gift of singleness. I think they're the two places that Paul would say, two different gifts, both equally and good. In fact, he would teach in this passage that it might be better to remain single, which is a powerful statement, I think, in our society where marriage or being connected with someone and then having children and then having grandchildren can be idolized. It can become an idol of ours that we're worshiping and we're putting our trust in something that isn't God. It becomes something that God never intended it to be. Marriage will not complete you and it will not provide all the answers that you want. 
Singleness is a wonderful gift from God. Let me encourage you to live in the moment, live in the now, and accept that God will empower you and strengthen you to live in this moment. He will give you from above the power, the gift. The gift is talking about the spiritual power of God upon you. And he will sustain you in it and he'll strengthen you in it and he'll, he'll give you what you need. He'll meet you in that place. But don't get caught up in this always looking to the future or getting stuck in the past. The second thing, singleness means being celibate. To a Christian who's following God and wanting to uh, honour him with his life. It means not having sexual relations with others. That's what singleness means through scripture. Paul says, if you're burning with passion, it's better to be married. So he doesn't deny that we have longings and things within us that want things. And it's a, sex is a really good gift from God that we should celebrate. Duncan, I'm sure we'll talk about that more later in the series. But, but the right place for it is marriage. And Jesus talks about that in Matthew 19. Jesus points back to Genesis, the very beginning. When Jesus speaks about it in Matthew 19, he says actually the, the right place is when a man and a woman come together uh, and they get married and they have uh, and they are joined in union. That's what Jesus says. That's what it says in Genesis 1. And that's what we believe it teaches here in 1 Corinthians 7. But singleness, I think, again, another, another idol of our age is sex. The connection that sex gives. I remember as a teenager, I was probably 14, 15, and I can still remember where I was sitting in the classroom where, where I was having these conversations with my friends and they'd be like, have you had sex yet? <laughs> and then there was people in that place where they were like, oh, I've not had sex yet. I've not, I've not lost my virginity, I've not done this. And they were starting to feel all this pressure and all this pressure and all this pressure. And I just want to say, sex is not the ultimate form of intimacy. Sex is a wonderful gift from God where intimacy can happen. But you have to know that you can find intimacy in other places. We get focused in... Um, in C.S. Lewis's book, The Four Loves, we get very focused on, he talks about eros as, as this erotic love. And we get focused on that, whereas actually scripture talks about affection and the, the love of affection and the, the love of friendship uh, and the different loves that go through scripture. And we have to, to know that we can get intimacy without sex. And we have to know that and we have to develop that as a, as a people and a culture. Because if sex, if singleness is important and if you can't have sex, then how do you be intimate with people? How do you have deep relationship with people? The third thing that I know is that God gives you great purpose. Verses 32 to 35. It talks about the purpose that God lays upon you. And again, I think we, as people, we, we start to think that the purpose of life, you go back to Genesis and it says, oh, God created male and female and they came together and then they had children and you should go and populate the world. And we get fixated on this fact that that is the purpose of human life. 
Whereas actually, Jesus steps into the world. And Jesus is the most complete human that you will ever meet or know. Jesus never married. Jesus never had sex. Jesus never had children. And yet you wouldn't look at Jesus and say you did not fulfill purpose and you didn't live on purpose. Jesus lived an amazing life of purpose. And Paul is saying in 32 to 35 here, 1 Corinthians 7, 32 to 35, he's saying, I have given you great purpose. You have more capacity as a single person to see the purposes of God come out. Because you're not distracted by worldly things like children. <laughs> and wives and partners. You have this capacity to go after the kingdom as a single person. To go after God's kingdom as a single person. You have this space to serve the Lord. You have this space to follow after him. Verse 17 talks about us living on purpose and having a purpose and living out the purpose that God lays upon you. But I know it's not this simple. Because it reads really simply here. But actually I was talking to someone and they were like, yeah, but I've got all these pressures coming in on me as well and all these different pressures. And I think in London we live in a, a, an age of busyness and an age where, where pressure is all around us and an age of achievement. And actually if you're, you're not married, maybe you're trying to achieve elsewhere and you're trying to push in elsewhere. I would suggest that you need to slow down if that's how you're feeling and you need to give God some space. You need to opt for that space. You need to make choices to create that space. You need to choose to be intimate with a father. So how did Jesus live such a purposeful life? Jesus developed his relationship with his father. Jesus retreated and chose to spend time with God. Many times in scripture, you notice that Jesus created moments. And even there was times where the disciples got anxious. It's like, where's Jesus gone? <laughs> and where had he gone? He'd gone to be with God. He'd gone, he'd retreated. He'd gone to be with the father. He'd created space in his life to be with the father, alone with the father. Some things that come up regularly when I'm talking to people are loneliness, the lack of security, or their identity and who they are. And they think, if I get married, I, I, I won't be lonely. If I get married, I, I'll have more security. And if I get married, I, I'll have an identity. Even in church life, I'll give you a really simple example. When you're having a conversation with someone, the, the, the conversation the, the quickly comes up that you say, oh, are you married? <laughs> Do you have kids? And actually, if you're married and have kids, then that opens up a conversation where you get to chat about it and you get to chat about how your kids are doing and all of this. And actually, if someone is single and they just have to say no, <laughs> then it really can close down this conversation. And we have to be aware of that. We have to be aware as a church of how not to close down those conversations. But the truth is that you will find your identity in Christ. I was reading two Colossians, uh, Colossians 2 earlier, and it just said, Jesus 
gives you completeness. He makes you complete. Your lack of security, your, your idea of oh, oh, my lack of stability on, on Christ the solid rock I stand. There's no better ground than on Christ, the solid rock you can stand on. Who am I? We sung it all through the worship. Who am I? I am a child of the King. He is my Father. He loves me. And I think in singleness, we have this opportunity to really seek after getting your identity, your security, and your, your loneliness met in God. It will come at you. Those thoughts, Jerry was talking about our minds. We have to know what our minds are thinking. and You have to catch these thoughts, but you can use them as an opportunity to dig deeper into who God has called you to be. You can dig deeper into who God has made you to be. You can dig deeper into him. That's my encouragement to you. Dig deeper into him. And that's what Jesus did. He dug deep into the Father. And the Father speaks purpose over him. The Father gave him this security. You would never say Jesus felt insecure, I don't think. I don't think you would. Yeah, but he was God as well, wasn't he? Anyway, let's not go there. <laughs> but there's a second thing as well, which I also want to talk about. Jesus developed relationship with others around him. In Genesis 1, it talks about it, it's not good for man to be alone. And that rings true. That, that rings true across all of us. It is not good for man to be alone. We have to be able to develop deep relationships with one another. We have to have people uh, that, we're, that are speaking into our lives and are speaking into their lives. We have to be able to share openly, this is how I'm feeling and we have to support one another. The Bible talks about us being a body together. It talks about us belonging to one another. If I stub my toe and my toe hurts, uh, it's not just my toe that hurts. It's my, you know, it goes all the way through me. Last time I stubbed my toe, it really hurt. But if you're hurting, I'm hurting. That's the way the church should be. If you're struggling, I should be struggling with you. I should be carrying one another's burdens. And I think, actually, Jesus had an advantage over everyone who's single in here today because of the culture that he lived in. Mediterranean culture is a lot more open housed and a lot more kind of like, oh, we're living, you know, we're all around and we're, we're together in that way. Whereas the British culture or the Western culture is to have your little families and the little cyclones and they're all around and you might sometimes invite someone in or you might sometimes have. I, I always look up to, to Mike Pilavacci, who is a wonderful leader, not far over in Watford, but he's lived a life of singleness his, his whole life. He's in his 60s now and he, uh, he's just lived that life. And he's walked more women down the aisle than most fathers. He's got more children, he says, than most fathers. He's got more people because of the way that he's chosen to live. And he talks about actually how he's been welcomed into family. So we as married people need to be thinking, when did I last have someone who was not just a couple around to my house for dinner? When did I last have a single person into my home? Who could I have in my home? How could I build relationship with people who don't just share exactly the same image as I have? We have to be inviting people in. But if you're single also, I, I, let me encourage you to headbutt your way in as well. 
Just invite yourself in and force your way in and, and, and just do that. Yeah, come to dinner, Jackie. It'd be lovely. We'd love you. <laughs> but Jesus had, Jesus had relationship and you read it and he had, he had loads of disciples and then he had 12 disciples and then he had three disciples. All getting more intimate relationship. And I would advise that that is a good way of doing life. You know, you can't be open and sharing everything with everyone, but you can have close bonds with people. Friendship. And I think as a culture, we, as a church, we need to learn how to do that really well. You know, I think we're a welcoming church. Uh, I think we, we have people in. I think we do do this well. But I think like, this is why we're really focusing on groups and things at the moment as well, because we need to have community with one another. And we need to go deep with one another and we need to be sharing with one another. So it's in the Father that you have security and identity. But it's in this group of fellow believers that that gets drawn out and you live it out. And I want to just encourage people. I want to encourage you if you're single. God has amazing purpose for you. Incredible purpose for you. You can see the kingdom come in a greater way because of your singleness is what Paul is saying. You can speak into individuals' lives. You can, you can minister. You can, you can do more for the Lord because you're not distracted. I'd really love to, to pray for anyone who's single. Now, this could be vulnerable. So if you don't want to stand up, then that's absolutely fine. If you do want to stand up, I'd like to invite you to stand up. That's okay. I feel that the Lord makes us ministers. And I also feel like the Lord is a ministering being. That he comes and ministers to our need. I think scripture teaches that deep calls out to deep. And I think it's really really bold thing to do to stand up and to say, okay, I, I'm single and I, I just want to meet with the Lord in this place. And I'd like to invite the band up, actually. Could the band come up? I just invite the Holy Spirit now. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, you're so welcome in this place. You're so welcome here, God. We love you, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you speak into our lives. I thank you, Lord God, that you come and minister into our lives as well. I thank you that you say deep calls out to deep. And we just cry out now, Lord Jesus, for your power to be in this place, Lord. I pray for everyone who's single in this room, Lord Jesus, to know the power of your Holy Spirit upon them now, Lord. Lord, I pray for anyone really struggling with loneliness, Lord Jesus. I pray now for you to come and meet with them, Lord. I thank you for that promise, Lord God, that you go with us everywhere that we are, Lord. 
I pray that they would know your presence upon them this week, Lord Jesus. And I thank you, Father, that you say you know the plans you have for us, Lord Jesus. And we, we just say we're submitted to your plans, your ways, your vision, Lord Jesus. And I pray now for each individual in here, Lord Jesus, to know the plans that you have for them, for you to be speaking in, Lord Jesus, for the, you, them to be able to lean on you, the Christ, the solid rock. I pray for an expectancy to rise in people for how you're going to use them, Lord Jesus, I pray, Lord God, that you would put purpose in them, Lord Jesus. I pray that you would breathe your purpose over them, Lord Jesus. The purposes and plans that you have for them, Lord Jesus. I pray for your healing power, Lord Jesus. I pray for your healing power where people have got stuck in the past, Lord Jesus, where your children, Lord God, have got caught up in the past, Lord. I pray for your power to break in now, Lord Jesus, to set your children free. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. And I pray for joy to be released in this room, Lord Jesus. Let your joy come in this room, Lord. Let laughter be filling this room, Lord Jesus. Let your kingdom come in joy and fun and laughter, Lord Jesus. Lord God, let us be a people so intertwined, Lord Jesus, that we, we laugh together and we cry together, Lord Jesus. Let your spirit be upon your people, Lord Jesus.